Well, I'm excited to be joined by author, explorer, researcher, Hugh Newman. Hugh, thanks for joining me again on Megalithic Marvels. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I can't do an interview with you, Hugh, without talking about giants a little bit, because you're uh, you're one of the great giantologists of our day. You've written books, if people don't know, Giants on Record, and then I think your last one was Giants of Ancient Britain and Stonehenge, right? Yeah, yeah. Giants of Stonehenge and Ancient Britain. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I know you put out an article too, like the top 10 giant discoveries in ancient Britain. I was reading that recently, and I wanted to ask you about at least three or four of these accounts. Can you tell us about supposed giant found at St. Michael's Mount in Cornwall? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. This is an eight-foot skeleton, which was uh, which was found at least eight foot, actually. Um, and it thought it was thought to have been discovered in the 1800s. Now, people who don't know St. Michael's Mount, this is off the far tip of Cornwall. It's um, it's it's just off the land now, but it used to be much further out into the kind of uh, sea. It used to be ancient forests there, going back into the Neolithic times. There's legends of Cormoran the giant who used to live there. Uh, with his wife and they used to throw stones from the shore to the island and that's how the island eventually got built by throwing stones and carrying them in their aprons which is a tradition we talk about a lot because it's linked with surveying and geomancy and coded myths um and but but in the 1800s i mean this is really 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 interesting story because this is covered major newspapers covered this it's in all the national trust handbooks and so and, and it got reburied it got reinterred in the graveyard on st michael's mount and they found it deep below the crypt now there's a, a christian element there now they built a church uh it's become a monastery over you know, a few hundred years ago and um and 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 deep beneath the crypt, when they were digging, uh, they think it was in the early 1800s. They could have been earlier. They found an eight and or so foot tall skeleton just found down there. Um, and and this kind of suddenly all the myths made sense. Why was it all these myths of giants? And then you have the stories of Jack the Giant Killer trying to kill Cormoran. And if you look into all these old books these old pamphlets that used to get given out like four or five hundred years ago they talk about this and so and also this is right on these two major ley lines really that go across britain and across europe uh the st michael line and the apollo athena line um and i've had a very strange enlightening experience myself when going into that crypt when i was in my early 20s i, I visited there with my brother emmanuel and we had this profound feeling, like this almost like we're being filled up with light, kind of spiritual energy, if you like. And we think we might have just gone there at the right time, and these energy lines were kind of activating or something like this. But I never forgot that. But then only years later, I understood, oh, there's something actually about this. Because people have witnessed stuff above the island, like apparitions of St. Michael and angels. And so there's something profoundly odd and energetic about that site. And the fact that you've got an eight-foot giant which is being documented officially really kind of puts the icing on the cake um, when it comes to the whole, you know, trying to prove these giants really existed. And that's interesting that of course there's a church or monastery built right here over this. It sounds like over this giant, you mentioned the energy, the ley lines, is that part of the connection? Why it's like all these Catholic churches are built it seems like over a lot of these sites, possibly the energy of the site or even the skeleton. Yeah, for sure. Yes, you get this all across the world, really. You get these 
as different cultures come in and different religions and things like this, they build upon the previous megalithic site, the previous uh, pagan site where people are going, going to kind of worship or do their practice and things like this. And so it attracts them people to that site again. But also you actually get a lot of sites, and we write about this in the new book, um, is that often the bones were really important, the bones of giants, and they would bring them out, they would rebury them, bring them out, show them to people during ceremonies, they place them in different spots, and this would become sacred, this would become part of the tradition as well, so it wasn't just the megalithic sites or the ancient temples and things like this that they were building over, they would actually start building over bones and, and burial sites of great kings and queens and giants and things like this, and we think that's an important aspect that is often overlooked, because you often find, you know, several sites you find certain like the, the the thigh bone or femur missing which would then be used in the ceremonies all right i gotta ask you about the glastonbury abbey somerset giant tell us about that one yeah that's an interesting one actually that's uh that's actually i kind of you know lived a long time in right in that area actually our conference that we do every may takes place right next to the giant's grave uh, weirdly um and this was discovered. Uh, this, was a, this was like a sen- this was like a, a media sensation in 1191, uh, if you can call it that. And this this caused this kind of ripple uh, effect through the, uh, the whole Christian kind of church at the time, apparently, where there's this whole story of the uh, kings, the royal family at the time. They had this secret, something to do with the burial place of King Arthur. And the monks had these visions of between these two pyramids under the ground, at a place called St. Dunstan's in Glastonbury, that the bones of King Arthur would be discovered. Um, and so they dug down where they thought was the right spot. And eventually they dug down, what, about eight feet deep? Um, and then they, and they found this lead cross, which is like this kind of size, and all this Latin inscription on it said, here lies the burial of King Arthur. So they kept digging. They've got to about eight, what, 16, 18 feet down. And this is where they found this giant oak log coffin with this, what was described as over nine foot skeleton. And the eye sockets were so big, you could pass your fist through them, and things like this. It was found with this female skeleton, which they, with a, a plate of blonde hair, and this armor and things like this. So they, they claimed the female was Guinevere. This was King Arthur and so forth. Um, and, and this this kind of then became this big story. Loads of people went to visit it. Very famous people at the time reported on it. There's all these chronicles were written about it. Um, uh, even the king, uh, was it King Edward I witnessed it as well? Um, and so on and so forth. So you, you've got, and so this became known because of this, because then they said it was King Arthur. And this became known as the Isle of Avalon, which was no one ever knew where that was in all these Arthurian myths and traditions that have been going around since the fifth century. Um, and this is when they it became known as the Isle of Avalon because it proved this this was the thing. The giant proved that. But you go there, you go to Glastonbury today, no one, there's no signs up talking about giants, nine-foot skeletons, nothing like that, obviously. But you can actually go into the abbey now. And see the sign of where it was first discovered. Then they, then when they reburied it, they did, had this big ceremony like eighty years later or so, and they buried it in this giant black marble sarcophagus inside the sacred part of the church, which incidentally is on the same ley line as St Michael's Mount. 
going all the way across Britain. It goes through both places. So giants are always connected. And we found this a lot to do with these energy lines, to do with this geomancy in the land. And Glastonbury is no exception. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, two more I want to ask you about. I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Tell us about the legendary giants of Michau on Orkney. This is it's, it's Maze How I think, um, but you, you might you might have got it right. I might have got it wrong. Who knows? But who who knows how they used to say it for sure. Um, but this this is an interesting megalithic chamber up on the mainland Orkney. It dates back to two thousand eight hundred BC. Uh, could be older. They found out earlier evidence within it as well. Um, it goes back potentially to three or four thousand BC. It's in the whole location of like the huge ring of Broadgast Stone Circle. It's near the Nessa Broadgast, something I've been researching a lot. There's amazing new discoveries coming out there. And apparently this, this was reported in 1861 by the antiquarian James uh, Farah. Um, and it's also, there was also another description actually that came out in the early 1500s as well of another giant. But the one that James uh, Farah supposedly excavated, they eventually broke into Maze How, this stunning megalithic chamber. It's utterly unique. Uh, and they found this 10 foot skeleton and two mummies inside the actual chamber. And this was reported, it was published in um, the local press. Uh, there's actually, you can find the news clippings of that. And, and then, and then, then suddenly, you know, within a, a week or so, everything had vanished. No one didn't get mentioned again. All this, all the evidence gone, and that's, that's all we've got. But then we found this other report um, from 1529 of a 14-foot skeleton. But this was said to be unearthed in some kind of chamber, but and by the water, and that was all you, all we got. And this was from this um, this ancient text, basically just called the description of Orkney by someone called Joe Ben. And so it's probably referring to the same kind of thing. And they probably left it in there. Then it got rediscovered in the 1800s. And so, but then you have all these stories, these legends of giants all over Orkney as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's just the same, same everywhere. Where you find the skeletons, you find the megalithic sites and you find the legend legends which kind of fit with you know what was actually found yeah it's incredible because you've documented also on your youtube channels and elsewhere you've got the, all these oral traditions of giants in england and britain uh with jack the giant slayer like you mentioned then there's these giant uh would you consider them geoglyphs that are all over the ground that show these massive giants holding clubs and i think there's a massive horse maybe um and then all these accounts like you said back in the day this was front page news and the celebrities of the day were going to see this um so we've talked about an eight foot nine foot ten foot let's end the giant segment here tell us about the the giant one found in ireland um on mayo it's a place called dushiel uh, dushiel i think county mayo in ireland um fascinating story this this goes way back to the time of saint patrick so a couple of hundred years ago um 
And it, this is interesting, this one, because um, not only did they find a 12-foot, 6-inch skeleton with all this amazing armour, they um, he became known. Uh, this was recorded by Professor Glenn Daniel of Cambridge University back in, uh, several years ago. He said that St. Patrick was the first ever archaeologist because he was the first person to dig up a grave carefully to see what was within it. And, and when they did, when... Uh, St. Patrick did this and he, you know, remember St. Patrick, the whole story of banishing all the snakes or the pagan traditions from Ireland um, and so forth. That's that St. Patrick, you know, the famous one. And they found this remarkable long barrow with this 12 and a half foot skeleton within it. They quickly dispersed the bones because they were so freaked out by it and the ancient weaponry. Uh, and they say they did a whole ceremony to save the soul of the pagan giant by baptizing him and so forth. But then According to these old diaries, there's a, there's a weird, weird story. We put the whole thing in the book. <laughs> it's, it's so strange. Where they kind of raise the giant from the dead, the spirit, and speak to him and like have this kind of co co conversation with him, like explaining all these different things. And he was like, you know, talking about his sins and being forgiven and all this. And it's like, what the hell? And then he was went back into the grave and then they closed it and dispersed all the bones and the weaponry and never to be heard of again um so that is a strange story if if there ever was one uh from ancient britain yeah and it sounds like you're saying we've got a professor from cambridge that's actually corroborating that saint patrick was involved in this kind of excavation and was involved in the story right yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think Glyn Daniel mentioned the giant, but he mentioned the fact that they knew St. Patrick was doing this with it, with his crew, with his monks, with his archaeology monks, if you like. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all in the, all in the public record. Well, Hugh, this has been a great interview. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, how can people follow you, connect with you, and get involved with your latest projects? Yes, sure. I mean, we um, uh, they can go to megalithomania.co.uk. They can search for Hugh Newman and my partner, JJ Ainsworth. Um, if they want to connect up with us, they should come to our conference. <laughs> we do that every May, early May in Glastonbury. Uh, we have some top speakers coming every year. We've got a whole bunch of them, Robin Heath, Irving Finkel, uh, a whole bunch of people coming. Um, some, we have some top archaeologists joining us as well. And we also do a few days of tours around the conference. And it's also online as well. We do it as we're going to send you a link for that as well, an online version so people can watch it from home because this, uh, we, we, we kind of created it to create this bridge between academia and the alternative world because we felt, felt it was not being addressed. There's all this, you know, look at what's happening with Graham Hancock and Ancient Apocalypse. There's all this kind of back and forth negative energy being thrown around but we also you know we also as you know as you do as well we run tours to many of these places like Gebekli Tepe we go there a couple of times a year Karahan Tepe we do Orkney tours Stonehenge tours and everything else so uh, people can check it all out on megalithomania.co.uk and uh, yeah and we're gonna we're working hard on um, a couple of uh, publications which uh, will hopefully be out one of them will be out later this year and another one the next year awesome and to everybody listening or watching make sure and subscribe to the megalithomania youtube uh channel great videos he's always pumping out content so he thanks again man and safe journeys out there in the world yeah well thanks for having me on uh d appreciate it and uh I look forward to catching up again soon